1: high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're talking to a tech leader, leading tech in a prestigious airport, and that airport is Miami International Airport. And the tech leader, our guest, is Maurice Jenkins, the Director of Information Systems and Telecommunications. So let's not delay, let's get Maurice into the space to share his enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, Maurice. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast.
0: is what a pleasure. I've been looking forward to the opportunity to be able to engage with you. So I, I welcome it. Thank you so much.
1: Brilliant. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Who do you work for? And what do you do?
0: My name is Maurice Jenkins, uh, native of Jamaica, West Indies. Um, My family lives in the UK and around the world, so I've got an opportunity to travel and I enjoy it. But for me, what I do is I am the CIO, or also the C-I-N-N-O. So I'm the chief information officer slash chief innovation officer for uh, Miami Airport, part of the Miami-Dade County Aviation Department. And my responsibility is to look at bringing innovation in tech, uh, to the airport space creating new value chains wherever possible to be able to engage our stakeholders and our stakeholders are are what I deem to be our business partners it's our airlines it's our concessionaires our federal agencies being able to just come together and creating a framework of supporting the air, the, the air transport industry. It's a challenge within itself, just given what we've been recently dealing with with this pandemic. But our, our our prime initiative is to ensure the safe and efficient movement of passengers, as well as on the cargo side as well, throughout our system of airports. Doing that safely, doing that cleanly and being innovative around it, one, but just giving you that great experience and, and there lies the, my challenge. So within that framework, that's what I do. But I also worry about also the day-to-day operations of my airport. So dealing with uh, staff in regards to just standard IT responsibilities uh, on top of that is my challenge as well as my charge.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a heavy role. I'm I'm not going to, you know, it sounds pretty big. And we're going to delve a little bit deeper into that. But right now, I'm really curious around your journey to where you've got to here. How did you
0: transition to this? What was the journey like? i be honest with you, and, and great question, TC, I, and, I, and I talk to people about this all the time. It's, um, you know that song that says, you started from the bottom, now you're here? I actually started from the bottom. I, I've gone through every position that led me to the ascension, to the position where I sit today, of basically learning this airport space, you know, coming out of university um, starting within the tech and developmental framework of, of technology and, and IT, then starting to touch base on being more so broad based on being a tech to developing and then getting into the security side of the house and building platforms on security, then starting to average and leveraging that into access control and other IT business frameworks. But one of the key components of while I was doing all of that is actually understanding and learning the airport business and realizing an airport itself is a business. It has multiple disciplines that need to integrate as to want to become one strong cohesive unit to be able to operate and deliver on the service the services that we render. So operationally when you when you're driving through and you're parking your vehicle and and that that that's an operation. As you're moving through the airport to make sure you're safe and secure and lost bags and all of those things, that's an operation to mm-hmm. ensure aircrafts don't run into each other and looking at security and looking at food and beverage and concessions and all of that, those are all individual business frameworks and makeups that you would see in a city independently run. Tightly integrating that to a very tight, confined space and doing that efficiently is a challenge within itself. So I, I grew up throughout my time period learning all of that and applying innovation to all of that to be able to deliver on the services that we're doing today and doing it as best as we can real and we're not done yet <laughs> but essentially this has gone through but we are we are nowhere near done but it, it's a great framework to learn this field of of, tra- of air transport and i.t within air transport so it's not just your regular i.t components anymore
1: yeah i find i mean it sounds like uh, I mean, it's great that you've kind of worked you know all throughout the system and become fully aware of the, the fullness. Of of the operation of uh, of an airport, I can only imagine. I've never worked in an airport. I've travelled through them, and 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 being a curious engineer, uh, I always wondered, you know, how does that system work, and how does that fit with that, and what have you. Uh, But just to kind of describe some of the um, to some of the audience, the, the scale of your airport. I mean, your airport is is big compared to the ones we've got here in the UK. You know, I mean, Miami is 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 an airport with a capital A, and and what have you.
0: Uh, Very very much true. We are small footprint, but a large airport. Uh, Currently right now, from a passenger perspective, um, your airport in Heathrow is um, amazing. I've had the opportunity and I engage with a lot of my colleagues from there a lot in in that level of passenger movement. But for us, we were doing roughly 46 million passengers a year from an employment perspective. Um, Long term growth is somewhere in in the 50 million range and actually growing. So just to give you an idea, when you look at roughly 125,000, 130,000 people moving through your airport daily, and you need to make sure you're doing that safely, making sure you have food and beverage, clean bathrooms, and all these little simple ancillary things that we may take for granted is is critical and it's essential, but you need to make sure that those flights can come in, they can be processed properly, you can get passengers out. And and looking at almost 125,000, 130,000 people a day, uh, that's a lot on the footprint of, of your facility. So, and as we grow and we're, we're, where we're situated, we're, we're the gateway to Latin America and the Caribbean. So for us, it's in us to jump off point where everyone wants to be and traversing through that, through that space. Mm-hmm. But for us in looking at those numbers, our numbers are growing. Um, as a matter of fact, we're one of the first air forces actually start to grow back again, coming out of, um, this whole COVID pandemic situation that, that, year and a half, almost two-year hiatus that truly impacted our air transport industry. We brought in new carriers, our flight numbers increased to the fact that we're almost, you know, we're back to our pre, you know, 2019 levels and and growing and we're bringing in new carriers. So we have to be prepared for growth and those challenges for growth and build upon that. So for us about, and I think you and I were talking at one point in time about being being competitive and being able to update or evaporate to make sure you can meet the challenges of the industry, we're constantly moving towards looking at how we can manage growth and the expectations of growth and how that impacts the economy, how that impacts our community. And Mm -hmm. really one thing, one in every 10 jobs, believe it or not, is impacted or derived from our airport, whether it's on the cargo side, uh, plants coming in, cargo coming in, uh, working logistics, everything else, anything that would impact an airport. I mean, that footprint of that airport, in regards to bringing in billions of dollars, creating jobs, um, truly having economic impact on the community for which we serve, is derived from that airport. Yeah, eighty-six you percent know, of the passengers actually coming into the state of Florida to visit come through Miami.
1: The question I have for you, then, Maurice, is is uh, you know, in your role as as a tech leader.
0: I mean, what's the kind of typical problem that you're solving in your space? Typical problem, and and, and they vary. Um, so, T C, just to give you a couple, as we are rebound, rebounding back from uh, the COVID situation, right? We're, we're looking at safe and um, social distancing. We're we're looking at looking at security measures and, and health and safety protocols. And how can you do that when people are are just traversing heavily back into your system of airports again, right? So. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at some new technology and uh, we call it virtual queue. So if you have the ability and you're flying on an aircraft, uh, depends on your day of departure. So let's say you're flying um, out of Miami tomorrow to let's say go to New York. So we're working with some carriers that you'll get a notification that your flight is, since your flight is tomorrow, you can check in now like you normally do. However, we have an additional um, ancillary support service at the airport that you can actually, if your flight's at 10, um, you can register here and get an appointment to go through the queue at 9 or 9.15. Mm-hmm. So when you come up, scan your QR code and you go to the line and you scan and go, rather than having the queue lines stacked up all the way down and everyone's just not socially distanced and climbing together. But does that make you comfortable? I think it should. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make you want to be able to get through and go relax and and I'll have a bite to eat before your flight or maybe... Do some purchasing before you take off. It's the comfort feel of the passenger experience and the passenger satisfaction. So, we're, we're, we're looking at that. So, that's one kind of the challenges. We're looking at that. We have a requirement to be able to integrate uh, biometric solutions for departure out of the US going to foreign countries. So, What we've been able to do, we did a a few pilots and we're moving forward with an uh, implementation that's hopefully some point in time this year that will allow you the opportunity then to leverage your biometric to be able to board that aircraft. You don't have to show your passport and show your boarding pass. It's your biometric that says, TC Gill, yes, you're on this BA flight going back to Heathrow using your face. Okay, you've been cleared by border control to board the aircraft and oh, by the way, You're in C32J. It's an exit row. All this will be done based upon your face. No other credentials are necessary. We want to streamline that process. So uh, how do we make that happen? So that gets to enhance security from one site. By being able to use that technology, we found that an an airline has the ability to board their passengers uh, more rapidly than the way they're doing it now. So that means that improves on-time departure. If you improve on-time departure, that's, less fuel burn sitting there waiting for you to board the aircraft to keep the aircraft cool etc while you're ready to board so you can push back and go so everything has a trickle down effect so i get to minimize my carbon footprint one i get to improve passenger satisfaction two the airline gets to save some money on fuel costs because it's not burning waiting to board the aircraft so these are some some other factors that we're looking at so I have, as I'm looking at the entire airport space and looking at the entire airport ecosystem, uh, there, there are areas of improvement that's sitting all over. It's like, which one do I wanna tackle now? Yeah. And how do we wanna sit and, and work on them and help make that happen? So we're looking at innovation across the board to do that. So my challenge is how much innovation sits out there? What can we do with it? Um, good, bad, or indifferent? My charge is to make sure I can actually identify it um, Examine it. Leverage it where possible. And if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. let's go move on to the next one. But my goal is to make sure more and more uh, innovative can I be. And in that innovative process, what is it going to take to make that happen? Because you don't just innovate to innovate. Mm -hmm. To make sure that it makes good, effective business sense to do so. And wherever we can do that, then that's my challenge.
1: I I can also imagine, um, Maurice, that you're uh, like a a funnel for innovations, because there's innovations happening in the market, which then can come into it. You know, how does that work then in the kind of the airport industry and and the role that you have?
0: Well, there there are so many entities out there. So what I've encouraged and and I've had the ability as I have, have traveled throughout the world is to be able to build these business relationships and create these relationships with um, entities that sit out there and it's, it's about the relationship It's how can you actually engage continually with these companies and what they have available and what can you examine and trial and, and test and there's a lot of startups out there. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm about to engage with an entity that, that has a, a, a hub lab creation of startups. And what I've done as signing on and, and that partnership with them gives me accessibility to these startups. So and it's like, well, what are you looking at in your airport? So, if I have all this airport data, what could you do with it? Ah, nice. Let's get, Let's get creative. Let's get innovative. And what is it that you're doing as a startup? Is there a niche that can be applied to this airport? Can we examine it and looking at the credibility of its applicability to the airport space? You know, the ATI itself, the air transport industry, is a unique one. And, and, and I look at it this way, and I hope and hopefully in your audience to give you a feel for this. Our industry moves prior to COVID coming on board, moved roughly 4 billion people globally. Wow. 4 billion. And based upon the statistics and the numbers and the growth of our industry, we were slated to move, go from four to almost eight billion over the next 10 to 15 years. So airports themselves, to accommodate that level of of impact of passenger growth and movement. You can't just build brick and mortar to help satisfy that. You need innovation, you need tech, you need to improve business processes to help make that happen. And that's our charge and our challenge. It's not just how you deal with day-to-day to to maintain the status quo today, you're planning for the future lies the rub and the challenge because also you're dealing with three classes if not four classes of people that are traveling you have your generation x y and z and you have your millennials and you have your baby boomers so all of these folks are the flying so they have different requirements and needs some like tech talk to me in my mobile i don't want to talk to anyone someone said talk to someone yes <laughs> i i i don't want to go ahead and say just go to that machine and change my seat no i want you to change my seat I want you to take my bag. So when you're looking at all of that, it, it's a challenge. And CC, believe it or not, I have a, something for questions for you. In regards to 4 billion people flying, or even take my airport, what percentage of those individuals that are flying do you think are first-time travelers? Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Pick a number. Uh, I'm going to say
0: uh, 10%. Try 60 to 7. Wow, really? Yes, sir. So that's a challenge. So now if you want smooth, seamless flow, if you're traveling with a family member that's never traveled, so that's their first time traveling. So they're in the queue line and they don't know to take their shoes off or take the jacket off or take the laptop out the bag or no liquids, gels or aerosol. Now you're you're backing up the queue line. So now if you're saying 80%, which means of 10 people in line or 60%, of 10 people in line, six of them, that's their first time probably traveling. So if they all faced with that same situation, where it would normally take you two minutes to go through security. Now it just took you 22 minutes. Yeah. Now, you it. now you get a negative rating in the check-in. So now, for me, from an innovation standpoint, I'm looking at data: how long does it take to, to go through security? So now, what I've implemented at the airport is we have queue wait times. So there's signage there, digital, that says average time to get through security: five to 10 minutes, or it may go gotcha. to 23. So we monitor that. So now you can manage your time, so you can relax a little bit and not be frustrated by dealing with that.
1: Yes, I like that. I love this idea of informing people how how the system that you're going to be working through is is working, and and uh, and you being able to then plan accordingly. But I mean, I'm really shocked actually the the number of people, the the new. I mean, they, they, I, I'll refer to them as newbies. You know, newbie journey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's that is a challenge. It, 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 it becomes a challenge, and and as those numbers grow, as the economy shifts, and you have more spending power, right, or you have more, let's call it discretionary income, then you want to fly. So you take an effect of you take that into consideration. One, coming out of the pandemic, and people just want to get out of the house. Hmm. Like I need a change. So you add, you manifest that as well. Then at one point, then you had reasonably well economic flights from low cost carriers and other carriers just to get people in planes and, and keeping them in the air and moving around those numbers are just growing and growing so yeah you had some you had a lot to deal with so now bear in mind that that level of movement and that increase also creates that stress factor in individuals at border control it creates that stress factor of dealing with more bags to look at and more passengers to come through then you have to deal with the disruptions and then you have to deal with the unruly passengers that don't want to wear the mask and getting into fights in airports and getting into fights on aircraft, you know, all these things have shifted. So how do we try to contain all of that? So mm-hmm. there's a, a significant more of challenges that come along with this. So as I'm looking at tech and I'm looking at innovation and looking at being, looking at the creativity and the footprint of our airport, I have a role and responsibility to keep you safe. I have a role and a responsibility to give you accessibility to resources. I have a role and a responsibility to keep you informed, and and all of that just continues to manifest itself. That we need to be as creative and innovative as possible to allow you to be able to enjoy your end-to-end journey. So, yeah. so then it's I want to make sure how much I can actually work towards implementing to help simplify that. And as long as I can manage those processes well. It's 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 game for me, and I look at um, we're looking at common news. bag drop pretty soon. So therefore, you don't have to worry about getting in that line. So I think when you look at checking and baggage, our rating could increase a little bit more. So now you've already checked in. You just have a bag to go. Now you should just go to a common bag drop. You no know, facial recognition. This is who I am. Take your bag, put a bag tag on it, drop it, and walk away, and you're yeah. done. Love it. These are these, these simple improvement. Innovative processes, it's what's going to drive us and it's going to get us to our end game of just moving to the point of having what I call maybe a smart airport, but an integrated airport, a passenger friendly airport, an integrated facility that mm-hmm. delivers services. And the more we hear from the traveling public what they see, what they like, and what they don't like, we thing to work towards benchmarking to improve upon as well.
1: That's, that's brilliant. And what about other airports? Do you collaborate a lot with other airports? Because I imagine they're all. Uh, trying to solve very similar problems. Oh, I, I guess every um, airport has its own unique problems or challenges. Right. What's what's it like there? Is it like a great big collaboration club, and you're all working together, going, "We need to solve this," you know? <laughs> well,
0: it's not like we're sitting in the pub with a couple of pints. Uh, I think we have done that one, once or twice as well, and some great some great results that have come from it. Uh, great question, though. I, I sit on several industry forums by which we actually sit. And we collaborate on what's actually going on in industry and how we can actually tackle that and look at innovative processes and business processes that affect the air transport industry. And I'll use the acronym ATI. So when you hear ATI, that's what I'm referring to and, and, and go from there. So I, I just came off of a two year chairmanship from um, ACI, which is Airports Council International World, which is the governing body for ACI. Coming up of being the chair of their IT committee, and that committee is comprised of uh, my industry colleagues around the world um, from Doha, San Francisco, LA, and Amsterdam, UK. So I'm going to say it's, it's, a, it's a global presence.
1: And one of the things that um, I've got a question around is integration, Uh, um, integration into the wider system. So you've got the airport, which is a complex system in its own right, but it's also integrated into the wider system. So, you know, uh, I I can imagine transport systems, trains, uh, bus Mm. services, uh, road systems, and what have you. I mean, do you get, this is more of a curiosity question, but do you get uh, requests as as to things that you can do within the airport that would make their life easier and vice versa? So you're putting in, like, requests to
0: each other? Well, we, we have an open forum. So I, I've, I've gotten some from some of my industry colleagues that are in other forms of transport. And it's a great question that that, that great leading. to so to me is, when you look at land, sea and air, it's transportation. How well you can actually integrate that to, to do that seamlessly in some aspects, it's great. Maybe on the land management border control. piece. I was talking to my colleagues at the seaport the other day at the port and We're a very large cruise port. So what can we potentially do to actually create some synergies between airport and seaport from a passenger processing passenger move So basically, maybe when you disembark the, the cruise, maybe you can actually check in and get cleared and get your boarding pass and do all of that there. And just get to the airport and go enjoy the amenities of the airport and continue going or being able to disembark the, the cruise ship, check your bags, have your bags get to the airport screen and be held rather than you walking around the city with all of this and not having any level of flexibility. So these things are going to actually be done. But yes, sit down and start looking at the leads in these transportation verticals and start having this dialogue. Then it's like, wow, how can we truly engage and, and learn from each other?
1: Mm-hmm. As, so Maurice, I'm really curious around how you roll as a leader. What are you like in your leadership? What have you? What's worked for you and what hasn't worked for you in the past? Uh,
0: for me, I, as, as a leader, what I look like is this. I, I don't micromanage and I empower. And I, I think that works well if I want to stimulate innovation and I want to stimulate level of commitment. And ownership comes from, I want you, and I've told my staff and they understand this, the only one that can actually... I can't say, let's say challenge you is me. Don't worry about the rest of the user community, all right? I'm here to protect you as long as you're doing what you need to. So don't worry about the end result. So therefore, I want you to go out. I want you to be creative. I want you to be innovative. I want you to give me these ideas. Don't tell me the end user said because of this you can't do it. I want to see where your logic thinking is. Mm. And I also want you to make a decision. But what I like, what I don't like to see at times is I put you in a position of authority to have the ability to effectuate change and implement technology, implement business-related systems. But When it comes down to making a decision, you're not going to make one. Then why be in decision of authority? We should always have the ability to make a decision, good, bad, or indifferent, but you're doing it based upon the level of data that you had in front of you, and you're making that decision based upon that. But oh. have and not make one because you're apprehensive about the end result that could come out of it. Then you shouldn't manage. You're not designed to be a leader. A good effective leader is you have to make a decision. It may affect some in some capacity, but you're making it for a reason. And to you at that point in time, that reason was sound and solid and it made sense. because that was the data that you had. Hmm. So I have all of that. And you say, you know, go, no, go. But I need a decision, but you won't give me one and you, then why are you there? I want you to challenge yourself. I want you to give me that level of input. I want you to give me opportunities for efficiency. How can we do that? So you're, you're thought leaders and you're not robots. I want disruptors. I don't want you having the ability of lack of being able to do decisions, right? And I think you're looking at what we talked about these four phases and that level one phase one of robots. I, I don't want, I don't need robots. I, I need thinkers. I need yes. the one actually effectuate change in this industry. So my management style is I don't micromanage. I empower you, but I want to be able to engage. I need you to be able to have the ability to communicate. And as long as we're doing that, the industry will see the benefits of what we do. And that's yeah. why I, I, I will benchmark my team against anyone any day week.
1: Love it. I love this. I love this style of leadership because it feels more engaging and, uh, and just kind of lights people up. You know, people become leaders in their own right. And so from your leadership perspective still, what's the thing that keeps you up at night?
0: That one thing, I can give you about 50 TC. And <laughs> Because <laughs> here's the thing, considering the fact of the way IT functions within any business environment, especially with an airport, we touch everything. So to give you an idea, it kept me up until four o'clock in the morning. I had an issue with uh, one of my networks and supporting some facet of of, um, access control and security, um, wasn't compromised, so that that piece is fine, but we couldn't figure out where the, the impact and the downtime where it originated from. So I'm calling in resources internally with my developers and my security team, as well as the support venues and vendors on the outside. And we spent 18 hours working on addressing this mm. you know with my staff because I'm, I'm here with you guys let's have this conversation so when i have simple one-offs and simple nuances that impact the next day that could have an impact on a flight or could it have an impact on a business unit or have an impact on the traveling public that's what keeps me up at night so every time when i get a text at 12 or one o'clock in the morning i' like please let me know it's going to be <laughs> Rather than oh, it may not be up in time for a business unit to be operational tomorrow. That's what keeps me up at night. Those are some of the challenges that we deal with as IT professionals in any business. But it's given the fact of we are we are a city within a city. So if I have a potential system that could impact any business unit whether it's our retail food and beverage, whether it's our finance, whether it's our people who manage our airport properties, whether it's our security folks, whether it's our people that manage the aircraft on the airside or being able to, or the, or the traffic guys or in the term, that, that keeps going. I, I like, make sure these systems are up so we can have a safe and efficient airport.
1: And as we come towards the end of our time together, unfortunately Maurice, um, I want to ask you some nice warm questions, okay? I'm always interested in what books people read, or what what talks that have been gateways for your leadership and your journey. Do you want
0: to share any with us here? You know, for me is, I given the fact that granted I don't sleep well at night, and unless I'm <laughs> perhaps reading a reading a book, it's a uh, years ago, and I go back and say years ago. It's for me what's been great, and then my initial reading some back then, uh, Jack Welch's book, you know, from the gut, you know, and um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Win Friends and Influence People, believe it or not, uh, have resonated with me for the last 15, 20 years, if not more. Because what we do is if you can't build a relationship to be able to engage with people, you have a problem. Um, There are a lot of self-help books that may sit out there, but to me, it's given the fact of my reading materials normally come from industry and how i engage with uh my peers and my colleagues around the world it's those white papers that we develop and those white papers that papers that they have done is what uh, i have a propensity to read and share and have to build the comment and i can impart you know my comments on and share that with industry it has been beneficial to me but there are times in which for me to clear my head i go back and i take You know, I read mindless books where possible. I am a James Patterson fan. (laughs) So you give me a James Patterson book and I can actually just sit back and turn the pages and just fade away a little bit so I can dream a little bit and then come back to reality a little bit more refreshed so I can go out and take on more challenges. That drives me a little bit. Uh, From a movie perspective, and I love black and white. To be honest with you, I will spend two and a half hours and I will watch Casablanca all day. (laughs) I, and I say it for the miserable fact: some of the best quotes have ever have come out of that movie. You know, from "Yeah, he's looking at you, kid." Of all the joints in the world, you have to walk into mine. But it actually told the story of commitment. It told the story of being steadfast in your journey and what your true beliefs are. So, if you if you watch the movie to understand, then the takeaways are it's like, "Wow, these yeah. things truly happen. This is what's happening around you, but you yourself." can be a change agent if you choose to be a change agent. So, And that's the takeaway from the movie, more so than anything. So to me, it's, I take those and I put those things together. The same thing with the poems that I read and what has driven me. And I think I mentioned to you uh, um, the lengths that he was one, which is Mother the Son, has always been great for me, just looking at the challenges in life and what you have to do with dealing with society and coming from a different culture, coming to America, coming to another culture, and the challenges that you're going to face, right? So there's always challenges, and it also teaches you not to rest on your laurels because you know you're good today it does not make you great tomorrow. Or it basically leads to being mediocre the following day because every day is a new challenge for you.
1: Brilliant, that's excellent. So I've got some reading and some watching to do there. So thank you for that, Maurice. And 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 very quickly. Uh, a wish from the tech genie. I'm going to pretend to be a tech genie for a second. What would you wish for for your industry, for your leadership, or your organization?
0: Uh, as a genie, right now, let's get rid of COVID. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's do that. Let's get people back in planes again. Let's look at new innovative ways to reduce our carbon footprint. Um, no, more fuel efficient aircraft. Let's look at at, tra- at transforming the air transport industry, making it more safe and more efficient and empowering us to be able to just look at how well we can actually drive industry forward and how we can integrate more and collaborate. As we come to our final
1: full stop of the podcast, unfortunately, what's your key takeaway that you'd like to leave with the tech leader, men and women out there? What's your gift to them? Be prepared to
0: be open communicate and engage. Engagement is key. create those relationships, uh, it's a lost art. So let's put down the phones and stop texting and let's pick up the phone. Let's have some conversation. Let's dialogue. Let's, let's collaborate amongst each other. Let's share some experiences so we can learn the first time of how we can make things better. Let's look at process improvements, right? Let's go ahead and actually be about what tech is about, but let's be about what life and industry is about. And the more we have the ability to get back to those levels of the grassroots, we can actually build. We can get so innovative. We can get so creative in doing that. And we can benchmark the future just from there alone. And you'll you'll see what happens. Um, Talking about creating autonomous vehicles didn't come from doing a text message. It came from someone having a conversation, sitting in a bar somewhere, or sitting in an open forum at an event somewhere. I said, wow, what would happen if we did this? Or if we had all these opportunities. And I think it's relationships, creating the relationship and having the ability to engage. And, be, and wanting to engage. And I think we need to do that and get back to that level of structured basis and then we could just move forward.
1: Fantastic. What a great note to finish on. I absolutely 110% agree with you there, Maurice. It's been great having you on CTO Confessions. Thank you for your
0: time, sir. My, my pleasure. TC, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to be able to engage with you again in the future. All the best, my friend.
1: Well, wasn't that a great peek into the world of tech leading in an airport? I love that description of airports that Marie shared. A city within a city. And with 46 million plus and growing passengers flowing through that city of cities, I can imagine the challenges are never ending and constantly shifting to catch one out. Not to mention that 60% of those passengers are newbies to the whole experience. And then setting the task of making sure that these inexperienced travellers are served well, and get through the airport with as little stress and as pleasantly as possible. Fantastic. So what were your key takeaways from the podcast and Maurice's leadership? These were mine. My first key takeaway is from a leadership perspective, the importance of handing over ownership and responsibility for tasks. Give the people the authority in the space of psychological safety Nurturing people's growth by developing the art and skill of decision making and truly owning the work and its outcomes. My second key takeaway is from the perspective of airports, the innovations that are right for the taking, not just for the airport, but integrating the wider system, the wider transport system, the wider supply and service system. And on the subject of innovation, there was mention of engaging a partnership with an innovation hub, which sounds fantastic. I can see how these startups are eager, hungry to be unleashed on the problems that the airport of this size and magnitude faces. My third and final key takeaway is actually about the film that Maurice mentioned, Casablanca. It's not just a great film, but it's got a deeper set of messages. It's on my list to watch Maurice. So well done to you, Maurice, for your journey from the ground up to leading tech to leading innovations within a huge operation. Thank you for your time and I look forward to meeting you in London maybe on your travels to hear about the innovations you, your team and the airport as a whole are putting in place, creating that smooth laminar flow for your customers and the services you provide. Thank you, sir. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture, and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Lab services, including our Teams-as-a-Service service, service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favorite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening wherever you are in the world from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.